We need to learn to honor the presence of God. Revere the presence of God. If a dignitary was to walk in here today, if he was your type or not, we'd have respect to stand, to honor them, clap our hands for the moment that they come in. Amen? And we need to honor and respect the presence of God because he's greater than a dignitary. He's the savior of our souls. Amen? And, and, and just get this, I'm not getting on to you. If you're not standing at the moment, don't get that wrong. What I'm saying is our hearts have got to be turned toward him and be sensitive to his presence to the point that when we, that the hint of his presence, we begin to honor him and bless him. And as we do, it creates an atmosphere that he, he desires to come and inhabit and dwell in that place. How many want him to just, not only on Sunday, but every day of our life, inhabit our praise, inhabit our worship. Hallelujah. Father, we don't take your presence lightly today. We honor you. We thank you, sir, for the privilege. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit him? But God, you've come among us today and we honor you and we thank you for your presence and in your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence, there's healing. In your presence, there's hope. In your presence comes new purpose for our lives. And I just pray today as we dwell in your presence that you touch our hearts, change us, and transform us today for whatever we may need. And God, we give you the praise and the thanks for it today in the matchless name of Jesus. And amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him the ovation of the morning. to your neighbor, tell them you're looking good today. And before you're seated, tell them how they really look. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Let me just uh, make a couple of Quick observations here before we get into the word. If you want to, you can turn to Acts chapter 12. We'll be reading the first 10 verses there today. First thing I want to bring to your attention, uh, the uh, race that we had scheduled for mission trip to raise funds there. Uh, we weren't able to uh, get the equipment that we needed to uh, put that on, so that is canceled. However, you can still contribute or give to our missions uh, project. If you would choose to do that, you can just sign on your envelope or on your check and put it, make a note there for uh, the mission trip, and uh, we will be sure that that gets there. We are um, believing God uh, for uh, $5,000 to do the crusade there. I've told you that we have uh, rented a, a uh, stadium there that will seat about 5,000 people. They believe we can probably get eight to 10 in that uh, place, and uh, it's going to take uh, $5,000 to feed about 100 people that will help us uh, to run that and security and, and all of that. We don't want to bring them in without taking care of them, right? And uh, so we're going to feed them a meal a day and, and help and run with the equipment and, and taking care of security and all of that, and also the, uh, the soccer stadium that we'll be renting. It's going to, all of it together is going to cost us about $5,000. If um, the Lord would put it in your heart to do something on that, that would be awesome. You know that we don't work here out of manipulation, right? We don't put pressure on folk. If God touches your heart, we want to, you know, and to do, be a part of that. God bless you, and we appreciate it so much. Also, our building is coming along, and uh, we are looking to if um, just pray for good cooperation with the weather, and we're trusting by the end of the week that that will be under roof. Amen. 
And uh, so we thank God for the progress that is being made there. Amen. We, great things are happening at the tabernacle. Amen. Acts chapter 12, first 10 verses. I want to talk to you today about taking the region. It's in my heart. The Lord has been dealing with me in the last few weeks about vision, about dreams. And it's in my heart to reach this region, to impact this region. I believe it can be done. I said, I believe it can be done. We can abolish drugs, alcohol, perversion. The only answer that America has, and yet we've remained silent behind our doors, but it's time for the church to come out from behind the ivory steeple and stained glass windows. And it's time for us to impact our culture again. And I believe God will help us do it if we'll just dare to try. Does anybody believe that? Acts 12, verse 1. Now about the time Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. And now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squadron of soldiers to keep him. Intending to bring him before the people after Passover, Peter was uh, therefore uh, kept in prison, but constrained, constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with chains, two chains between his uh, soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping in prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and the light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. And then the angel said to him, Gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. And so he went out and followed him and did not know that it was done by an angel was real, but thought that it was he was seeing a vision. And when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate which led to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. I want to talk to you today about taking the region. Father, I pray today that you will prepare our hearts for the word. Pray that you would anoint my mind and you would help me to be able to articulate with words what you have placed in my spirit for this moment in this season in this house. And Father, we thank you and praise you for the harvest that is to come. In Jesus' name and amen. Amen. Praise God. I believe that we have the power to change this region because we are of the kingdom of God. We are salt and we are light. We are a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. Our region should be different because the tabernacle of praise is here. At some point, you must ask yourself the question, how is it that we have 
have this gospel freedom now for hundreds of years without the church now being a part of impacting our culture? How is it that we don't have a vital part in that any longer? And when you, then you see other nations of the world that are experiencing revolution. They are experiencing uh, cities, regions, and even entire nations that are being turned to God. Whole nations are being saved. And now, once known as Muslim or atheist nations, are now considered Christian nations. We have more religion than we do relationship with God. And it has left us powerless. It has left us only able to talk about the move of God, but not able to produce the power of God. And we have to get back to a place that we have a relationship that will bring a revolution that will transform our region for his glory and his honor. You see, we have churches on every corner, and yet the region is not being transformed. How is it that we can have so many people that say in America, 80% of people say that they believe in God, and yet our region not be transformed? How is it that we can have churches on every corner and yet the drug addiction is becoming more powerful every day in our own community? How is it that we, we say 80% of the people in our nation say that they're Christians and we're still having this controversy about when a baby becomes life? How is it that in a nation of 80% of professed people that say they believe in God and yet we have no prayer in school? Yet we don't have, we, we have taken the Ten Commandments out of government buildings and we keep on backing up and backing up and backing up. But I'm for one today, I, I understand that I don't have a public platform of, of, of the nation or anything, but I do have a platform in this region and I'm fed up with backing up. I believe it's time for us to stand up. We stand up not through our through uh, parades. We don't stand up through rebellion or through things. Perhaps there's times for that. But we stand up in the spirit. We come to know God personally. And out of that personal relationship, you see, because the world is not our problem. It, the problem that we have is, is we have to have a true relationship with God because they that know their God, shall be strong and do exploits. Amen. And so we have to learn how to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. This is the problem. We have learned how to lean on everything else. We've learned how to lean on the government, lean on the bank, lean on education, right? And we have yet to learn how to trust the Lord. Trust is the Old Testament word for faith. Amen. And so when you trust in God, it's not just leaning on Him, but it's having faith in Him that what He said He will do. You will never see a blind person eyes open unless you pray for a blind person. You will never see anyone delivered except you pray for the deliverance of a person. Amen. And so we've got to trust in the Lord that we will believe that the God of his word will bring his word to pass if we will only activate it in our lives. Amen. Put your faith in God and don't lean to your own understanding. Your mind, right? We only trust in God when we can't trust in anything else, right? But we've got to learn how to trust on him. When the church started, they, they would talk about God being their banker and their lawyer and the doctor in the hospital, right? Because that's all they had. It's all they can lean on is because that's all they had. But we have moved into a place where that we uh, today have so many other things to trust in. But every major move of God has come when people are broke and don't have nothing else. Amen. 
We are facing things, and I won't go into all of the things today, but we're facing things today that, that, that uh, in my small concept of how government works, but I submit to you in, in that very little that I have, we are facing things today that is possibly will cripple our nation and cause us to become less than we have ever been in many, many years. You see, just because you're once a nation doesn't mean that you're always a nation. Does anybody remember a great nation that caused fear in America called Russia? but is no more. You see, we, we, we see the rise and the fall. We see, we see the ups and the downs. But what I want to tell you is that even though that we may go through things in this world and in our nation, our God remains the same. And he will never let us down. And we must learn to trust in him. Learn to trust in him that uh, he will be our healer. That he will be our savior. That he will be our deliverer. Amen. Because you see in the midst of crises, crises causes you to start asking questions. Questions begins a movement that you begin to ask yourself, what can I do in the midst of this situation? So crisis isn't always bad because it moves you forward. You begin to think of in things. You begin to ponder upon things and you begin to look at them in a different way. Amen. And so when this region is changed, it's not everyone that's going to like it. Everybody's not going to be for people being delivered and set free. Everybody's not going to be for breaking strongholds and binding the darkness and causing it to go elsewhere. Why? Because they enjoy that atmosphere. Amen. But you see, Paul here is in prison. This is the time of Passover. It is Easter, if you will. It represents a war for man's soul. It is about salvation. And there they have already killed James and they have Peter in prison and getting ready after Easter to kill him. And he is on the inside and he is uh, uh, knows what has already happened, but he is inside the prison asleep. Now we said on Wednesday night that God stirs your spirit. He searches our heart. And he sifts our mind. Amen. My thoughts have to be sifted and tested because my mind does not receive what the spirit has been stirred up about. Have you ever had that problem? Your spirit be stirred about something, but your mind isn't thrilled about it. My heart is searched. My spirit is stirred, but my mind is unfruitful. So it has to be sifted, my thoughts have to be sifted to see what is of God and what is not of God. And as we walk with God, we learn to renew our minds. How do we renew our minds? As we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions, right? And that's the reason why it's important for you to be in the word of God. Not just on Sunday, but you need to have a study appetite and diet of the Word of God each and every day of your life, applying the Word to your life. Amen? Because it is in that that you say yes to the Word, you receive that Word, that your mind is renewed, and you begin to take on the thought process of Christ. Amen? So let's say this together. My spirit is being stirred. My heart is being searched and my mind is being sifted. Paul is asleep on the inside of this prison and in the inner prison. His mind is unfruitful. His spirit is in agreement with what's taking place. It's not what is in his mind or in his heart that brings him out. It's what is in his spirit that brings him out. Amen. He is bound up in the inner prison. He has chains upon both hands and both feet. He not only has chains on both hands and both feet, but he has four squadrons of soldiers, 16 soldiers that are watching over him. 
Now, how many know you got to be bad to have that kind of security? I mean, I've heard of them handcuffing them to take them in, but put hands, uh, chains on them on the inside of the inner prison and then have 16 soldiers that are watching over him. He had to be some kind of bad. They had to be scared to death. They said, we have heard of these people escaping before. We have heard of them being able to get out of situations and we want to make sure that he doesn't get away. Amen. But I want you to understand that it was not what was in his mind. It was not what was in his heart but what was stirring in his spirit that brought him out of that place. Amen. He responds in an obedience to what is going on in his spirit because his mind is asleep. But if his mind were awake, how many would agree that if you had 16 soldiers and had chains on both hands, both feet, and on the inner prison, that your mind would tell you you ain't getting out of here? There ain't no way you're getting up out of here. You might as well forget it. It's over with, baby, right? That's what his mind would have probably suggested to him. You're still bound. But you see, in his spirit, he realized that it is possible for me to get out of this situation. Your spirit understands the only way that things are going to change is for you to obey what's stirring in your spirit. Amen. The Bible does not say what happened at the first and the second gate. It does not, but it goes on to tell us that the iron gate, which the city was behind, he said that when they got there, that it opened of its own accord. Because the writer takes time to describe this to us, it leads me to believe that if he tells us that when they got to the iron gate of the city, that it opened of its own accord, then it suggests to me that the first two gates did not open of their own accord. While it does not take the time to describe what did take place, it suggests the difference because if it would have, it seems like to me, if they would have all opened of their own accord, he would have said that, right? Are you walking with me? And so now we look and we see that when they got to the iron gates of the city, they opened of its own accord. The city is not our problem. The region is not our problem. Our problem is the church is in the inner prison locked up. And we've got to get out of prison ourselves. Come on, somebody. We've got to get out of this bondage, these shackles and these chains ourselves. And we've got to get this first and second door open. So when we get to the gate of the city, we can reach the hurting and the broken with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are talking about taking our region. And that's a lot of churches that think that God is just going to send people to them. But I want to tell you today that I've learned that, that God blesses hard work. Amen. I'll say that again. God blesses hard work. And if you're just waiting around for God to send you somebody... It probably ain't going to happen. But whenever you put the plow in the ground, when you labor and you prepare, God blesses order. Amen. God blesses order. When did God take, when Abraham went up the mountain, when he put the wood in order, God prepared a sacrifice. He prepared a lamb. Amen. And it's when we put things in order and we prepare for the harvest, when we prepare for the sacrifice, it is then that God blesses it. Amen. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 23, it tells us we must compel them to come in. That's our part. Say that's our part. That the, is the reason that we create opportunities to compel your friends and your family to come in. Amen. We create reasons for you to invite them to come and to hear the gospel. It's not about, as, as Pastor Jimmy said earlier, it's not about being hip. It's not about being cool. Hey, I don't even watch movies. 
I'm not against them. I just don't have time for it. If you can't tell me the plot in 30 minutes, I ain't got time, baby. Amen. None of this four-hour stuff is it, crazy. But I know that folks all over watch them, right? And so why not do what Jesus did? Jesus was pretty successful. He would take what people knew a whole lot about, and then he would start talking to them about that, and then he'd switch it up on them, and he'd begin to speak to them about spiritual principles concerning their life and begin to turn them to show them their need for Christ. Amen? And so that's what we want to do. We want to take and reach the people. And so we've done our due diligence. We've worked labored and we've worked hard, amen, to invest and to make sure that we've got things right. And we have laid this thing out. So we believe in God for a harvest of souls that will come in and lives to be changed. We must invite them. 82% of people in America said if a friend or a family member would invite them to go to church with them, they would go. 82%. We've made that easy for you with the invites. We've got the tickets for you. Hand them out. Invite your friends. I promise you this. I promise you this. You get them here. The Holy Spirit will touch their life. So, Pastor, I'd be afraid to say that. I would too if I didn't know it. But I know the Holy Spirit does His work. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit does His work. Luke chapter 14, verse 16. It said, Then He said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all, with one accord, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. The others made an excuse and said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I've, I'm going to uh, test them. Uh, I ask you to have... Uh, me excused. Still another says, I've married a wife and therefore I can't come. So the servant come and reported this to the master and the master of the house being angry said to his servants, go out quickly into the streets and uh, to the lanes and to the city and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be full. For I say unto you that none of these men who were invited shall taste my supper. Now watch this. When the people that were, they thought would come, didn't come, right? Now, I I tried to crawl up in the text and figure it out. But whenever, you know, one of them, he says, uh, I've bought some oxen and uh, I've got to go test them. My head says you should have tested them before you bought them. Right? And then another one said, I bought some land and I need to go look at it. Right? And another throws his wife under the bus and says, I've got married and she won't let me come. I'm just reading it. Amen? But it didn't stop them from continuing to reach out to people. It did not stop them because here was these people. They said, we know that Joe and Mary and... and, 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 and uh, Ken, they'll come. But then they went and talked to them and they said, no, we've made all these excuses. No, we can't come. But it didn't stop them from that. Then they went and looked for it because those people didn't think they needed anything. They thought they already had what they needed. But it did not stop them. The wise master said, go out and find some more people and find those who know they need something. Go to the blind, go to the lame, go to those who are hurting and invite them to come. Amen. 
You see, and so whenever those who, who would not come said, no, we're not going to, they continued to search for people till they found somebody that needed. I promise you that if you live in this world and don't live in a vacuum somewhere, there is somebody around your life that knows they need some help up in their life. There is somebody that their children are bound by addiction. There is somebody who is hurting. There is somebody who is crying out for help and purpose and direction in their life. And all we have to do is look beyond the excuses. And we've got to reach out to those who are hurting. Reach out to those who are broken. Reach out to those who have almost give up on life. And said, where are we going to turn? And whenever you invite them, say, come, I've got the answer. Amen. It's not in the movie. It's in Christ that we're going to share with them the gospel. Amen. And so it didn't stop them. They just continued on and they continued until they found somebody. But now watch this. They, they asked the people they thought was going to come. Then they didn't come. They asked the people who knew they needed help and they came and the scripture said there's still room. So they went out cold calling. Right? They seen old crazy Willie on the side of the street. And they pulled up and said, hey, won't you get in? We'll take you over to the wedding. Right? They seen somebody else that looked like they needed some help. And they pulled up and they said, say, said, hey, how about coming over to, we got a feast. We've got, we got some food. We're going to have a celebration. Yeah, man. Let's go. And they just piled them in there and they took them over to the, the wedding. They took them over to the celebration and they enjoyed what was taking place there. You see, when we begin to do our part, God will bless it. Amen. If this house isn't full during the time of harvest, it's because we have not done our part. Amen. But if we do our part to bring in the harvest, invite the harvest to come in, then it's the Holy Spirit's job to touch their heart and compel them to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Amen. And so you say, well, pastor, I don't know. I don't have, uh, you know, uh, I don't have no degrees. I don't know how to do all of that. Uh, all you have to know how to do is say, would you come to church? Would you come to church with me? Sunday, September the 28th, or 8th, 28th will be too late. Well, then come, but September the 8th. Would you come to church with me on the 8th? That's the reason I don't make announcements. <laughs> I have folk here on Tuesday. <laughs> but just come. We're going we're gonna to have at the movies. And we're going to have a great time. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what all we're going to do, but we're going to have a great time. And uh, just invite them to come. God always uses people that you wouldn't expect he would use. He used Paul to shake the known world. Right? A murderer. A person that was set against the church. And yet he turns his life around so radically that three quarters of the New Testament is written by him. And the known world, when he before he stepped off of the stage, he said, I don't know of any place in the, my world, my, him, my fear, sphere, where that I have not preached the gospel. The gospel has not been preached. Right? God even used lepers to change a region. Amen. Their, their circumstance caused them and asked a question. Are we going to sit here till we die? Amen. The spirit stirred something on the inside of them that said we don't have to die. We know that the city is bound up. We know that the region is a mess. But we don't have to sit here till we die. And they said, perhaps if we go into the Syrians camp, they'll have mercy upon us. Amen. But in the middle of the night, 
They didn't wait till a better day. They didn't wait till the right time. They didn't wait for the right occasion. But in the middle of the night, they got up and went into the enemy's camp. Amen. And God used the darkness, amen, to their advantage. How? Because this great army could not see who was coming. Right? And because they could not see who was coming, that when they, they, I don't know all of the process of it, but it sounded like to them a bunch of horses coming. It sounded like to them a whole army was coming. I don't know if it had to do with their leprosy and how they was dragging their feet or what was going on. All I know is in the midst of that darkness that God used it for them to get victory that day. Amen. And cause fear to come in the heart of their enemy and cause God to arise and show them victory. I want to tell you today that there is no good time. There isn't no great time. There is no time to wait. Today is our day. This is our moment. This is our season. And we must reach out today, even in the midst of darkness, even when times are not good, even when the opportunity doesn't present itself as we think it ought to, even though the lines of the stars don't line up, we say God is God. And if four leprous men can go in and change a region, then bless God, God can use me. And I'm going to go in the name of the Lord and I'm going to ask him to anoint my hands to anoint my speech to anoint my life direct my path and use me to bring change to the region hallelujah you see we've got to be willing and if we're willing God will use us amen I've seen church after church die Because nobody stood up and asked a question, are we going to sit here till we die? And as lead pastor of this house, I so appreciate where God has brought us in this four years that I've had the privilege of pastoring this church. We've seen great harvest and we've seen God help us to do some great things. But I am not satisfied, neither am I content. You say, what does it take, Pastor? It takes until, and as long as there is another lost person, as long as there's a hurting person, as long as there's a broken, we must continue to reach out. We must continue to do more. We must continue to pour out into our community and into our region. Because you see, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's not your son or your daughter. It doesn't matter if, if it's not your grandchild bound on drugs. Huh? Come on. But whenever it comes knocking at your door, you'll be appreciative that there was a voice that reached out. That there was a light in a dark place. That there was somebody that would hurl out the lifeline one more time and do whatever we can do to see the harvest won into the kingdom of God. Amen. And so I'm telling you today that we must continue to reap the harvest. While we thank God for where we have come to, we are not sitting on the laurels of our past success. We are standing upon it today and saying now we've got a solid foundation to make an impact upon our region and change it for the glory of God. Amen. I'm believing God to give us divine connections into our, into the the, uh, city system to the mayor and to the governor and to the police force and to the security. Come on. I'm believing God that we can make an impact and make a change upon them. I don't know what you see. I don't just see a church full on Sunday, but I see this church full three times on the weekends. Oh, I got too much for you. Amen. I see two Sunday morning services and Saturday night for those who are working or have to work on Sunday can get in the house of God and lives can be changed. I'm not lazy. I'll do whatever it takes. I can rest when I get to heaven. 
but we're going to reach the harvest. We're going to touch the lost, whatever it takes to minister to the broken. We're going to reach out to them by the grace and the help of God to see this region impact. I want it to be hard to go to, to hell from here. Are you hearing me? I want it to be hard to go to hell from here. I want people to be drawn just like a magnetic force that they're drawn into the presence of God. And when they get here, they say, I need a life change. I need God in my life. I need him to help me. I need him to move and to change in my life. And I believe if four lepers can walk in to a Syrian army and change would come not only to that army, but to the whole city, then certainly you and I today can reach out and we can make an impact and we can make a change right here where we are. Amen. Question me, we must ask is what kind of church do we have and what kind of church do we want? Are we content? Are we, are we happy with what we've got or do we want to reach more? When we answer that question, then it leads us to options. Amen. I can sit here, be saved and happy and on my way to heaven, or I can reach out to somebody else and bring them into the presence of God so that their lives can be changed too. Amen. To be faithful is not just holding on to what you've got. Amen. Being faithful is not Hold on to what you have. We call that faithful. But Jesus told a story of a man that he'd give a talent. And the master came back and he still had that same talent. And the man must have been joyful. But he said, I've still got what you gave me. But Jesus looked at him and called him unfaithful. To be faithful is when you give something and you multiply it and make it better than what it was. But if you still have the same thing that the master gave you when he left, then you're not being faithful. I don't want the Lord to look at us as not being faithful. I want to multiply what he has given us. I want there to be an increase. You say, how, how is that? Well, we have to walk by faith. We have to reach out by faith. How do you reach out by faith? You reach out like those lepers did. And you say, we're not going to sit here till we die. We're not going to be comfortable in this condition that we're in. But we're going to rise up and we're going to storm the gates. Amen. And what I love about the story of, of Peter, whenever he was in the inner gates and we see him there, we see that he did not give up on the promise. He did not give up on what was stirring in his spirit. He was obedient to it. And then whenever he got out of there, he even wondered, well, is this a dream? Is this a vision? He looks at himself and realizes, I'm out of here. Amen. It didn't, what brought him to that place was not what was in his mind. It was what was in his spirit. But I'm thankful today that not only did that happen, but whenever he got to the gates of the city, the gates of the city opened of their own accord. I'm telling you today, it will do our part that God will open the gates of this region to us. Amen. Because it is his will. It is his good pleasure that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. It's his good will and his good pleasure that we live and not die. It's his good will and his good pleasure that we are live a blessed life, a victorious life. And so we'll rise up, come out of behind the gates that have held us hostage and go toward the city. When we get to the city, those gates will open up and God will give us access to reach this region for his glory and his honor. We've done it before, but we're going to do it more. We're going to do it more in this finish out this year. And we're even going to accelerate it more next year. And we're going to focus on outreach. And we're going to believe God to give us the region. Amen. Amen. Why? Because it's a mandate. Our mandate's not to hold the fort till he comes. That's a songwriter. 
But God's mandate was for us to invade the gates of the city and take it back in the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm believing God today for the region. It doesn't come without great opposition. It does not come without prayer. Whatever God has allowed us to see to this point has become not out of our strength, but out of prayer. Amen. And this place is covered with prayer. We believe in God for things to happen, not because we have all of the ingenuity and all of the creativity. We believe in God because we prayed and we believe that God answers our prayers. Amen. And those folks that you thought would come may not come, but don't let it stop you from inviting that one you already gave up on. That one you didn't think would come, but invite them anyways. Compel them to come in. And then leave up the work of the Holy Spirit up to the Holy Spirit and let him touch their hearts and let them be transformed. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not what I hear in my head. It's what I see stirring in my spirit that makes me believe greater things are ahead. Hallelujah. Is anybody believing somebody today, the Holy Spirit's bringing to your mind some folk like that? Some folk you, you thought, well, I, I wouldn't even give them, he wouldn't even invite them, they wouldn't do it. But the Holy Spirit nudging on you right here, right now, saying, invite them. Give them one of those little cards. See if they show up. Maybe your family members lost. Maybe they ain't even been in church in a long time. Why not invite them? And I need some prayer warriors to pray with me. I've already got folks, we're just in agreement. We've been in agreement for about three months now over this. We're praying toward it. That's the reason I can tell you that if you'll get them here, the Holy Spirit will touch them. It ain't something I'm hoping for. It's something I know. Because it's not about me. This thing's been covered in prayer. And God's given me three messages that are going to be powerful, that are going to be relevant, that are going to touch people's lives where they are. And we're going to do it in a, in a way that the Holy Spirit's going to touch their hearts and we're going to pull on them and we're going to believe for God to change their lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here today and you've drawn cold and indifferent and you feel the drawing of His Spirit and say, Pastor Brian, you know what? I need my life to be changed. and I don't want to wait till next week or... The eighth, I want God to do something for me today. I want God to minister to me today. I want God to touch my life today. If you're here this morning, Pastor Jamie is going to play. And if that's you and you say, you know what, I need life change. I need God to touch my life today. I want to invite you to come and let God touch you today. Let God change your life today. And then as we pray for those, I want to pray for you that the Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you and ordain your steps in these next few weeks to compel your friends, your co-workers, your family to come into the house of God so they too can be changed. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you haven't made that commitment to him, I want to invite you to come right at this time. Let, let us pray with you. Let that life, your life be changed forever. It's the greatest, not only choice, but decision you'll ever make in your life is to give your heart totally and completely to his lordship. And he'll never let you down. Men will let you down. People will let you down, but God will never let you down. Amen. Is there anyone this morning?
Hallelujah. All right, then I want to pray for us together corporately. That God will just touch your hearts. He will ordain your steps, direct your path. That we can see a harvest won in this fall season. Amen. Father, I pray today over this congregation. I thank you for hearts of people that have a passion for souls. That have a passion for those who are lost, those who are hurting, those who are in need. And I pray today, God, as we reach out, as we dare to come out from behind, God, the prison cells, the doors, the limitations, the the excuses and the reasons why we haven't done a thing. Those things that hindered us. God, and as we start marching toward the city gates, I pray, God, that you'll open doors, that you will... Prepare the hearts of those. Send your angels, God, and prepare their hearts ahead of time that they'll be open to the invitation of the gospel. God, I believe you in these weeks that we have set aside and said, God, any day is a great day for salvation, but God, we're going to go after it 120%. We're going to reap the harvest. God, I pray that you will honor the labor, that you will honor the work that has gone in. God, that you will give us souls for our labor, God. We don't ask you for accolades. We don't ask you, God, that we get a great recognition. We ask you for the harvest of souls. That we can make an impact and a difference and change. Not only our church, but our region for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Hallelujah. Can somebody that has faith just believe with me and let's praise God for the harvest that is coming in. Hallelujah. Thank you for the harvest, God.